a Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey everybody, welcome in. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessory, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three day shipping over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why you guys should choose Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com right now. Thank you to the guys over there at Rocky Mountain for supporting this podcast to keep this thing up and running. And of course, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. If you haven't checked out the 2019 gear yet, do yourself a favor and go to flyracing.com now. Lots of cool stuff. Even if you don't ride dirt bikes, mountain bikes, snowmobile, BMX. They're actually huge in BMX. I see a lot of BMXers wearing Fly Racing. So go check them out. Thank you guys, Fly Racing. And of course, Racetech, racetech.com. They are not only suspension guys, but they are engine services as well. We're going to talk a little bit about that on this podcast, but go check them out, racetech.com. There's even like a little Bible that Paul Thede made that you guys can go look up online that if you guys are into you know, doing motos and writing your day down, you guys can have that. Keep a little Bible for yourselves. Paul Thede is a very smart guy. He's been around a long time, so... You can look at all of that over at Racetech.com. Thank you guys for joining me. This is my third podcast this week. G-R-I-N-D-I-N-G. You know what that spells, Dom? Grinding. That is the sound of Dominic Chimino. Every time I do this podcast and you're not here, I really got to enunciate your last name. You got really good at it, though. It's, your name is kind of like Akropovich. Ah, there's a lot of shit going on, right? Yeah, you gotta know and what you're doing. You're, you're, it looks like if you saw your name, just like Kimono. Yeah, or, Kimono, Simono. Right. I get it all. So me and Dom are here in the studio today. Dom is up here to do 250 shootouts tomorrow, which we will have a podcast up, and you guys can check that out. But today we're going to talk about the 2019 KX450 and the modifications that we have done to this bike so far. There's not a lot of stuff that we've done, but the things that we have done are key. And didn't know if you know this, Dom, but mm. a lot of KX questions come to my email inbox. I feel like there's a lot of Cowies out there now, which last year I got about 5% yeah, of Yeah, there wasn't many. Right. And I think for good reason, because 2019 they flipped the page. Right. Yeah, I got Spring Fork, a whole new bike. Heading in the right direction. Right. And... Kudos to the Kawasaki engineers. We talk about that a lot on the show, but good job. Those guys, Travis, Borky, they did a good job. I know that's a lot of work. I, yeah. Coming from a R&D background, I know the undertaking that it takes to transform a bike into a good one. So, yeah, and, uh, and they didn't just kind of like uh, put lipstick on a pig, right? It's a brand new bike. Right. Everything is new. Right. Obviously, you guys know that by now, right. but figuratively speaking, like they didn't just upgrade this, that, and the other from ground up. It's brand new. and. I think they did a very good job. It's just going to get better. Right. So 
in my 2019 450MX shootout, it damn near won. Yeah, it was very close. Kawasaki was really pushing it for the win, too. They, Super close. Yeah, so it won the first day. Um, Yamaha got first the second day, so they swapped positions, mm -hmm. um, and they tied. We didn't go with a moto score where a 2-1 beats a 1-2. We actually went through each individual score through both days. Pulled the points. Yeah, pulled the points, and Yamaha won. Yeah. So, But to say that um, Kawasaki is an improvement is an understatement. It's a very good bike. But I do get a lot of questions about mapping, suspension. There is some flaws in the bike. Yeah, um, what you no would expect from a first-year bike, right? Correct. There's not, not Nothing is perfect out there. If you guys listening, you're expecting to um, get a motorcycle and just – what I like to say, KTM says, it's race-ready. To me, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's not. There's nothing that's going to be like, I'm going to just go from the dealer out to the track. Right. Yeah, you got to do some stuff to it to make it your own. If so, you try to do that off the showroom floor and just line up and get ready to moto, I mean, good luck to you. Right. Not saying that you no, no one's saying that you can't. Right. But you got to tailor the bike to yourself. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about the modifications that we've done. So hopefully you guys can listen out there, and that will help you guys to get a better handling or even a better. I don't want to say engine specs. We didn't really do a lot of engine stuff, but we will. We're going to talk about that too. But just a better overall experience with your Kawasaki KX450. Let me give you a little bit of background about Dom. I'm going to talk about you for oh a second. Boy. So All good things. Everyone knows about me already. Who cares about me? Let's talk about you. You're famous. No. Dominic has been around. Okay, let me. I'm going to go back to Mini Moto in Las Vegas. Where Damn, I rode, this is a throwback. Where I rode the Bramo electric bike electric in the electric bike. bike race, which I almost got in a fist fight with a guy that took me out, almost fucking broke my tib fib, <laughs> which was uncalled for, right? So I was like, that guy's a dick. So I almost fought him. So anyway, Dominic comes up to me, and you've emailed me back and forth just I did. randomly. Absolutely. And uh, did I get back to you? You did. Okay. And good. that's the whole reason why I even went to the South Point to meet you. Right. So we did. So you, you did. Knew. Yeah, so, you wrote back. So Dom stalked me you down to cool South guy Point. Me got, you cool guy me nowadays, just not back then. Right. I can cool guy <laughs> you now because I know you. Yeah. yeah so um, Dominic came. He was always adamant about being a test rider. I get a lot of emails sent to me about how would I be a test rider. I want to help you. Well, there's a lot of things that um, people do not do not see out there. It's just not riding a bike, thrashing a bike. I could ride your bike, Keith. Let me ride your shit. I'll I'll screw it up and really trash it and really get to know the bike. That's not what it's about. So Dominic was real. Um, he was actually different than other people hitting me up. You came at me the right way, very politely. There you go. I can tell that you were interested, but you weren't pushy, right. which is key. Yeah, I don't need can. someone telling me, you need me. I can help you. You're like, hey, I want to be a test guy. This is what I've been wanting to do for a long time. I would love to help you. And if you need help, let me know. Right. You open-ended it for me. Right. So Tried to, right? And actually, I didn't – you didn't do anything for us for a long time. A long and time. I was that dirt rider, right? Right. So Chris Dennis and I was in a meeting one day, and we decided – Chris Dennison was the editor at Dirt Rider. Um, we decided, hey, we need some help with some, with some stuff. So I was like, man, it would be a good chance for you to give you a shot. So we called you up. We came out. I liked what you are about. You could ride a dirt bike. You're very unassuming. 
If I see you, you know, I think, hey, you're bald. You can't fucking ride a dirt bike. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm out. This it's guy's not going to be able to ride. Yeah. It's the truth. You look at, I look at you like, ah, you're small stature. Like, you're bald. You know, you just don't look like a dirt bike guy. I know. So don't ever judge a book by its cover, people. So I, I see him. That's why I don't have a lot of followers on Instagram because they're like, this clown? <laughs> <laughs> Chicks, get at him, though. This clown? He does, he does uh, approve. Uh, uh, you're a single. I'm single. There you go. Yeah, Let's hold another podcast. Let's, yeah, it is. Stay huh? on track here. Um, so he you, rode. I liked his feedback. He had good notes. Do you remember what, what the first uh, test that you invited me out for? Let me take a this guess. This is kind of coming full circle. Let me take a guess. Um, was uh, was it a shootout? It was. Okay. What year was that? Oh, my goodness. 2015? Fif- maybe 15, and it was a 250F shootout at Milestone. Milestone, right. So full circle. Tomorrow we're on two fi- 250s again. Right. So it's been a while, We I mean, and I watched him ride, and I'm really picky about watching guys ride. Actually, Travis and I are both, Preston, are both really sticklers when it comes to guys' style. We, we pick people apart, and... Not only did I notice that, hey, you got good style, but Travis came up to me that day and goes, hey, what's the guy that you're using over there? What's his name? He told me, he's like, hey, he's got really good style. You, you ride it's good. Flattering. Right. It's really cool coming from Travis, right? Yeah. He doesn't give me shit. He doesn't say anything about <laughs> no, me. It's a battle. So, uh, we got your notes. You're good on camera, which, man, which is very hard to find, okay? When you have a video camera and you say, okay, time to go talk. There's a lot of people out there that can't fucking talk. You're good at that. So, again, not to sit here and blow you, but I appreciate you're, it. You're kind of like a unicorn where you can do all different kinds of things, which is a benefit for me. So, we used you, we liked you. I stole you when I left Dirt Rider. Peace. Now we're here. We're here. So, that's Dominic, everybody. Thank you. So, how old are you? Let's give you stats. I am 33. Okay. That's why I'm bald. And you're 5'9, 106 Hell, pounds? 5'9. What are you? I'm 5'7 when I hang upside down. 5'7, how many pounds? 145 ish. <sighs> 140 to 145, depending on what I eat. So, you are a 250F guy. Yeah, but I like the 450s too. Grip yeah. it and rip it. Yeah. So. I, he was tasked with the KX450 um, for me this year. Um, you did like that bike a lot in the I shootout. I still do. Did you rate it first? I did on, uh, I think, no way, did I? I don't think I ever rated it first, but it was super close to the Yamaha. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so he was tasked with that. He's been riding at stock for a long time. Just recently, we've been doing stuff with it. Do you know off the top of your head how many hours are on the bike? I think we're at 25. Okay. So we're nearing 30 hours on it, and no problems? No. No issues with reliability. Reliability. No. How about a clutch? I am not a clutch abuser. Okay. Um, now that I've been riding moto more than I ever have in my life, thankfully being down here and giving good opportunities, I'm starting to pick up a little bit of things from you, especially here and there when clutching the bike for power and depending on certain circumstances and whatnot. Right. So I'm starting to use it more than I probably ever have, but I'm not, I don't abuse it. Right. So, so it's no issue for me. He to go back. I did a little thing. You can go to keyfringtesting.com and check it out. There was a judder spring that you can take out, just like the Honda, and it'll help the actuation. Because I felt coming out of con- corners under load, the lever would actually move on me. It would actually start to creep in. So I originally went out with Kawasaki, tested, removed that judder spring, added a, f- a clutch fiber. Which, you, like I said, go to keyfringtesting.com. You can read about it, get the part number and all that. If that's what you feel. But some guys do not feel that. So I went back 
which you're riding. I don't even know if you know this, mm. but you're riding with stock setup. So the I shutter spring so. is in there. It's all stock. Yeah. So you don't notice lever movement under load. No. Okay. Not so, much. And again, I th- maybe if I rode it more, right. maybe I would, but I don't. So just like I said in my last podcast when I talked about the KX, if you guys don't feel it, just because I felt it doesn't mean necessarily mean you guys out there are going to feel it and you should just run out and do it. Ride your bike. If you do feel it and it annoys you and you feel like it hurts power, then do that little modification where you take the judder spring out, put the clutch fiber in. But as of right now, we are on a stock clutch. 25 hours in, yep. Dom's still shredding around. So yeah. we're good. So what we, what have we done to this bike? So rip off to the people out there. Let's start off with suspension. Yeah, that was the very first thing we did was we went to the guys at Race Tech yep. and dropped the bike off. They went through the fork and the shock, obviously installed their gold valves and then uh, put their kind of their base setting for that bike at the time. It's probably evolved now because it's been a couple months. But at the time, I think they hadn't done too many 19 KX450s. Correct. So that was probably one of the, their base settings that they kind of let me go with. So ran that for a little bit. Then I threw on some Pro Tapers, right. thanks to uh, Mr. P over there. Yep. Um, Husky Band. I chopped off a quarter on each side. Just Now, to did you originally go with Husky Band? Did you start with something different? No, I went straight to it. Okay. I was just looking because I'm small. Yep. And I really felt the cockpit, the router triangle set up, the bars in general, and stock trim. It was really tall for me for whatever reason, okay. especially sitting down in corners and whatnot. Right. So I wanted a pretty mellow bend, like as flat as possible. So the Huskies kind of like fit the bill. Okay. So threw those on. Did you said you cut them? I did. I trimmed the qu- uh, quarter on each side. Quarter so inch on each side. Yeah. Do like, you know what that is in millimeters by chance or no? I think it is. Oh, in millies? I can't do the math. Maybe PJ can do the math on his phone for us. A quarter inch. See how many millimeters is in a quarter yeah. inch? I mean, the pro taper bars, are, I'm sure other ones are, are the same way, but they're so easy because they're marked, right? Right. So you have all the increments on, on each side of the bar, and it makes your life really, really easy to get it done. So, 6.35. Millimeters. so you cut – so the, the bar is 813 millimeters. Yeah. You cut 6 millimeters off each side. On each side. So we're yeah. at 801, yeah. which is anywhere between – if you guys out there listening, inventory, if you guys are looking for a bar – 800 to 804 is a good general spec for a bar. If I find that when I get an 811, 813 bar, it's just too wide. Like the KTM bar, the Husky bar. You can feel it. Yeah. And in theory, you're supposed to have more leverage when you have a wider bar and a little bit more stable. But for some reason, when I'm out riding, I have way more stability when I have a little bit of a narrower bar. Mm -hmm. I have more control over the bike. Yeah. and I don't think it feels as awkward in corners. Right. The white of the bar, I feel like your stance, like your body position is thrown off right. more than it should be. So Pro Taper bars, Evo yep. Ben, Husky, mm-hmm. um, grips? Yeah, Pro Taper grips. Okay. The super soft ones, which are pretty ha- nice. Half waffle life? Yep. Okay. Always half waffle. And then after that, we dove into ra- um, ride engineering. Okay. So Adrian came out to Milestone with us, and we messed with the pull rod on the, lo- on the shock. Right. So I messed with the linkage, and then we put triple clamps on. So that's the that's the gist of the it. The gist of the mods to date. So let's break it down. Um, let's start off with suspension. Yes. Um, give me the rundown of what you feel like stock form, what it does, and what it what could be better. I think in, so. In stock form, obviously, as an, for a new production bike, the settings were pretty good for an average Joe. Right. 
I think under harsh conditions and at speed is when the bike would kind of react and talk to you too much. And there's only so much we could do before you, you know, if you had one direction, we, if you might know this or not, you had one direction, you're going to sacrifice feeling comfort in another. So you can only go down the rabbit hole so far before you got to stop mm-hmm. and try to find the balance. So forks were probably too soft in stock trim. Which is, oh. it's okay, which is saying something because you're 145 pounds, right? Yeah. And you're a fairly aggressive guy. You, you can pin it. But for the, you guys listening out there, 145-pound rider is saying the fork is soft. It's pretty soft. And I agree with Dom. So that was one of the things that I noticed riding the bike. If yep. there was a downside to it is a lot of pitching. Yeah. I got a lot of front end dive on D cell. Exactly. So and that it, was that really there was not much you could do even if you cranked compression and stock trim to kind of limit that from from happening. And so what I noticed when I did try to crank it in, it just made the fork harsh. Yeah, so harsh. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. there we go. We're heading down one direction. We can only go so far before you're like, Oh my God, I can barely hang on to the bars. Right. And that's what I kind of felt was happening. Okay. It became too too harsh. Right. So the shock, I didn't have too many complaints about it, yeah. really. There wasn't anything that was like, whoa, it's amazing. There wasn't anything that was, ugh, I right. hate it. Um, so Race Tech went in, did gold valves, revalved. Yep. Do you know by chance what spring rate they put in? I do not, but I should have. I should know. Damn it. I should have it as in my notes. Right. So we do have that. If you guys are wondering, you can always hit me up, Chris, at keyforinktesting.com. I will get you spring rate for Dom if you're a 145-pound guy. But note this. It, it changes with weight. So don't use Dom's spec as a Bible for you 180-pound guys. It could be totally different. Race Tech has a different spec for you guys out there. So we're going off of what Dom felt. So gold valves. And let me just expand on this for a second too as well. Um, just because Race Tech advertises on this show doesn't mean we're going to sit here and blow Race Tech. Honestly, like I told you guys before, I wasn't a Race Tech fan for the longest time. I didn't really believe in the gold valve system. It was dated. It was plush. And for me, when it, when I heard plush, I was like, oh, shit. Now it's divey, just too soft. Fast forward five or six years, I had a chance to do some stuff with the race tech. And the gold valve evolves, which that's what's cool about race tech. They evolve their valve. It's just not the same valve that I ran eight, six years ago. And the stuff was really good. I had the best experience on a Honda 450 with Race Tech, and I wrote all different kinds of suspension. So, um, yes, they do advertise, but yes, I endorse the stuff because I use it. and It's good. Yeah. Um, so and there's a lot of knowledgeable people in that shop. Yes. Just, and I didn't know that until I dropped the bike off to get the work done in the first place. Right. And when they open up the side door where the service area is, and I'm like, Oh my God, you work here? Oh, you work here? Yeah. I mean, these are people that work in factory pits. For yeah. Many years absolutely. that were right. got done. We're tired of traveling and everything else that comes with the circus on the road. Yeah. And I found their their home in Corona, what have you, and they're working for Race Tech. Right. So there's there's a lot of knowledge in that shop. Um. So you put the suspension on. Yeah. What do you notice? It got better. Okay. Uh, forks were la- they were less divey. Most notably was bottom resistance on the front because in stock trim they would definitely slam pretty hard. Yep. Bottom resistance was incredible. Like, you could flatland that bike pretty good and it. So you can be more up. aggressive overall with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, shock as well felt great, stable. There wasn't much I had to do to it. Get sag right, obviously. I'm, I think I slowed down rebound one or two clicks. I did some high-speed adjustments here and there, but shock was good overall. Are you at a 105 reading? Uh, on, spr- on sag? sag yeah. I'm, I think I'm at 103. Okay. 103 to 105, I bounced back and forth. Okay. So I started there, 
mm-hmm. was happy kind of with the initial um, a couple initial hours after we got them redone. Then as I dove into it a little bit more, rode different tracks, different conditions, started to nitpick it more, and I still had issues with the forks being divey and, and pitching, mainly kind of the holdup uh, under um, deceleration and braking coming into corners. Front end still like to stink dive on or stink bug on me. Mm-hmm. And there, again, there was only so much I could do before I started sacrificing other uh, comfort areas on the track. Right. So I found that even with minute adjustments, the fork would still become harsh. Okay. Like if I stiffened up compression and things like so that. So the, the same w- character would still happen. Yeah. It exacerbates things that you didn't like. Exactly. Right. So, and that's kind of where when I was done really hammering on the suspension and figuring out what I wanted to change if I brought it back, that's kind of where I left it was I would like to get the forks probably done, redone right. to get a better hold up on D-cell. So this is what we're going to do um, for you guys listening out there. It's it's not a perfect world, people. Um, sometimes you need to – you have a better direction. So, yes, Dom said, um, yeah, it is better. Performance is better, but maybe comfort. I would still like some more comfort. So what we'll do is we'll send that stuff back to Race Tech. We'll have a round two and hopefully get it in the ballpark. When you get your suspension back from any company, not just Race Tech – you got to help the suspension tuner out some, okay? You give them all the information that you can. You get it back. You ride. You know, if you get it and it's 100%, it's bitching, good. That's awesome. But that's not 100% of the time. That's maybe 60 to 70% of the time. Right. It's tough to get a general setting that works bitching for every single person that comes through that door. Exactly. It's not like we're out of the track with these guys. The box fans there, they're watching you ride. Right. You know, they're setting up the bike for you. You come back from a 10, 15, 20-minute moto, and you're like, X, Y, and Z, this is what I want. They take it off your bike and redo it. Right. It don't happen. Well, what's cool is Race Tech will get this information from Dom. Okay, they'll have that in their notes. They'll redo the suspension, have those notes. And let's say Dom comes back for round two, which we will talk about or be an article on keyframe testing, and it's good. What Race Tech will do is, okay, now we have a good spec. Dom says it's good. Race Tech learns from our, um, I guess, from the media testing world. If they give it to us, they give it to Motocross Action, Transworld, whoever, they have these settings for 145 pound A guy that wants to go ride moto. Maybe that's you out there listening. So now they have that spec. So this is how you get baseline settings for all different types of people. Um, Race tech and suspension companies use us, media outlets, as channels to get you guys good settings. So that's why it's important to to go with a media outlet that knows what the fuck they're doing for testing. I agree with that. So don't just go to a media outlet that gets suspension and says, here it is, pretty in the pages, it's awesome, works bitching. That's not real life. Yeah, it's not. You got to test. So here we are. We're we're explaining the process to you. We're going through it with you, and we're going to go for a round two and try to get a little bit more comfort out of it. Um, let's move on to ride engineering stuff. Cool. Uh, let one thing that I noticed right away, and you told me at milestone the link. Yeah. So the link helped out right away. Yeah. So we did the link by itself first. Okay. So we showed up that morning. I did maybe a fifteen minute warm up or so. In stock trim, stock link, stock clamps. Brought the bike in. We put the link on by itself. Left the forks alone. Didn't touch anything. Did you check sag after? Yep. Okay. Check sag. Put it right back. I think we're at 103 or 105-ish right there. And right away, as soon as I went back onto the track with only the link on, there was definite improvement. 
okay. on overall feel and comfort. So where is the most noticeable improvement that you felt when you rode it? Which on is the, the link. front end. Okay. On the forks. Like so it really helped. And the areas I was just complaining about with a little discomfort and pitching, I really felt that it brought more balance to the bike and didn't let the front end dive as much. So balance, overall balance on and off throttle is better. Absolutely. Less pitching. Less pitching. Bike was more stable. It was more forgiving. Uh, the rear end, the, the Cowie doesn't really wallow in the rear, like in the shock through a stroke or flat landing. The bike doesn't wallow that much. Um, so that really wasn't a factor in trying to get something improved. But I just think an overall feel of the bike and the balance was definitely improved. Um, so what we're talking about when we say pitching, for those of you guys who don't know, and I'm, and I'm sure most of you guys do, but we're going to explain it. What does pitching do? So you're going down a straightaway, you shut off to break into the corner, and the whole chassis gets upset because all the weight transferred to the front end and the front end dives. What does that do to you as a rider? What that does is you could have um, the ass in come and hit you in the butt. Mm -hmm. uh, you could come in the corner and it could have some oversteer because it's too low in the stroke and the fork, and then just predicts your whole corner. And then let's say you're rolling your corner, right? Let's say you're in the middle of your corner and you're, let's say you got through the straightaway fine, everything's great, I'm in the middle of the corner and I'm starting to gas it and all of a sudden, all the way transfers to the back. And now you have all this pitching movement, I like to say, when you're coming mid-corner. And what we call that in the testing world is corner balance and cornering stability. That is what you need to get through a corner quick. You need to have that chassis real flat and smooth. You don't want that thing moving front to back too quick because that predicts a lot of things. So Dom saying that link helped all of that, right? It really did. It surprised me, to be honest with you. Yeah. And after that next little, whatever, 15 minutes I was on the track, and when I came back, I told Adrian from Ride, I was like, man, I'm really shocked how much it helped. Right. And I get a lot of you guys emailing about a link on the Cowie. So, yeah, that's – that and it's a one millimeter, correct? Yes. Okay, so one millimeter longer link, and uh, that does improve just that alone. Yeah, and I, I think for the money, I want to say it's two hundred and eighty retail, give or take, in that two range. Maybe it's one eighty. No, I think it's more. Okay, we'll we'll check on that. Um, but I think for for value, for a value added uh, bolt on accessory to improve the, the your ride noticeably, it's worth it. Right. Um, you guys moved on to clamps. We did. Okay. So stock clamps on the Cowie are 23 mil, 23 yeah. millimeters. Okay, that's good. That's I didn't even know that. Stock setting. Okay. Yep. And we threw on rides 21.5s. Okay. So I guess uh, for those listening, we're basically moving the front tire closer to the motor. Let's keep it easy. Yeah. It, it, changing it, the rake, right? It's tough to figure it out. Yeah, man. it's hard to really – I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible so you guys can visualize it, but – you're basically changing that angle of your fork and your front tire. There's rake, trail. Yeah, it's, you're moving the front tire closer to you, basically, is how right. I think of it. Yes. You can, and actually, Dubok will tell us we're wrong. I'm sure, because it's, it's a science project. Yes. It's kind of so like hot I dog need to do a podcast with Dubok. And, uh, just, foil. I need to do a podcast with Dubok with just uh, rake, trail, offset, all that, because he has – some shit that blows my mind and i would love to learn because i'm still learning i learned a lot of my testing from doug so when he was talking about this it blew me away he's like yeah a lot of people have it backwards i'm like really so that's a future podcast so anyway go. keep going so sorry all right so we went one and a half millimeters basically from stock to the ones we put on and what this i guess what the triple clamps 
what their the focus on that modification was sharper handling okay because the bike would steer pretty much on dime if i had to guess what these would be best suited for i'd say more of a supercross arena cross tight track okay so the, milestone is a tighter track tighter track new layout not so much we can banner about that later but right. it's still tight there's still close corners there's sometimes could be good ruts um good 180 inside lines things like that tour handling is very important so bringing that that different setting with the clamps really would uh, make the bike turn sharper okay especially in ruts it would lean over quicker it's a little bit more aggressive in that nature right but also with that modification i find that you do lose some st uh, stability factor because at speed especially if track is rough that front tire being closer to the bike in some aspects i felt would make the front end just a little bit too active like too reactive to certain things mm -hmm. and it wanted to dance a little it still does so let's go back to to stock setup did you feel like the cowie needed improvement in corners yes but not drastic because okay. the cowie does handle well okay i think it needs a little bit of aid just to kind of lay over a little just bit the easier. flop in just to flop in a little bit more because you have to be cognizant you got to ride the front brake a little bit more than maybe you'd, i'd like to mm -hmm. and i just want it to stay a little bit flatter and lay over a little bit easier okay so marginal improvement was what i was hoping for i think going 21.5 was a little bit more than marginal so you would want to see maybe a 22. correct so i think that's next on the chopping block okay i think before we get a new setting on the suspension um, I'd like to try 22 millimeter triple climbs. See if that's where. Now let's talk about rigidity balance. Two things I want to talk about: rigidity balance and the bar mount. Did he put a bar mount on there? Or are we on stock bar mounts? No, they're his bar mounts, but I don't. I don't believe it's that one, one piece. solid piece. No. Okay. So rigidity balance. You notice a difference in. I want to say slap down landings, bump absorption, things like that with Adrian's versus stock. So bump absorption, um, I think it's somewhat the same. Okay, so close. It's close. Okay. Rigidity, like for sure, is different. Okay. There's not as much flex. Okay, so a little bit stiffer. It is. Um, do you notice any anything negative for your hands going there? Is it the same? A little bit. I more. I noticed the biggest thing that I noticed that's an, a negative would just be it's uneasy feel. There's not as much confidence on the front end because it wants to wander right especially long straights or charging into corners if there's any type of braking bump it's not as planted not as stable it's more the front end the tire is already thinking about that right coming up any any positive to some rigidity for you S some not really I'm, I'm not a big fan on rigid feeling bikes okay period all right and i struggle with that with another brands so you've never been a solid mount kind of guy no okay no have not so, so to, to, to elaborate on what Dom's saying, some faster guys want a little bit of rigidity for a more positive feeling through corners. A lot of guys don't like rubber bar mounts um, because if you look at most of the Supercross guys, and even on outdoors, when they go outdoors, they're still solid mounted guys. The reasons why is because they hit stuff so hard that that little flex with that rubber does in that side that clamp they can feel that and they feel less positivity to the front wheel they want direct feeling from their handlebars through the stem to the forks to the tire they want that positivity quick 
normal guys, me, you guys listening out there, Dom, they want a little, we want a little bit more comfort. We're not slamming into shit 24 seven where we're going to like, dude, I need something positive. Yeah. Like, to me, it's pretty damn positive the way it is. Yeah. I feel okay. So the one thing I do like about Adrian's clamps and I've ridden a lot of stuff of Adrian's is it's pretty damn close to stock rigidity balance. You go to any clamp aftermarket clamp you're going to get a little bit more rigidity no matter what x-trig adrian's probably the best ones right engineering sorry x-trig and right engineering is probably the better ones out there for rigidity balance they really if you turn the clamp upside down and look at the webbing underneath it's pretty damn close to stock yeah and you really want to mimic that because there's a lot of engineering involved in that clamp tons of testing yeah so you're going to get a little bit of rigidity if you don't mind it heavier guys you're 145 pounds, dude. Let's face it. Yeah, and, and the 450s on any 450, they're beasts. You know, right. these new bikes are these are big bore, fast race bikes yeah. for the most part. And my little ass is sometime hanging on on a whim. Right. So I hate to admit it, but it's the truth. Yeah, and from my testing years of experience, and all these things, I've noticed heavier guys feel less of that than we do. I'm 170 pounds. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sensitive to that kind of stuff. I'm not really built that big. Um, guys like our buddy Gary Sutherland, he's 200 pounds plus. We don't know yet, but no, yeah, 200 pounds, and he's pl- he's a plus size model. Yeah, he's 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 really uh, he's built like a shit brick house, so he doesn't feel that kind of stuff. So a little bit of rigidity helps him, you know. Yep. So there's that. So we're gonna try a 22 mil. What you're yes. saying, and that'll happen what next week maybe? Yeah, it's hopefully depending on weather. Yeah. See how it goes, but yes, yeah, soon. Right. Like to try those twenty twos, get a better feel for the bike with that, and see if it helps. If it, see if it doesn't. Um, so bars. Yeah, man, so much, dude. You and these seven eighth rentals. Okay, so what do you feel about that? Go ahead. I go I, ahead. I, if you believe with Paul, fuck you. Go ahead. I Tell. do not like them. Okay, you don't like the seven eighths cross bar. No. Okay, why? I feel like they don't have that forgiving oh little God. flex to them. You say they do, right? You believe they do. I believe. Here's what I believe, Dom. First of all, the stocks, the stock bars, the stock bend on the Kawasaki, I don't like. So that I'm, I'm with you. Nine seven one bend. Let's let's it scrap out. it. Please. That's been there forty years. Yeah, We're get out. It done. Everyone's style's evolving. Like that probably could have been it more than anything. So let me digress a little bit. It could have been just mainly the bar bend and how it felt with my little ass on there, but I didn't like it. So nine seven one is like a nine nine seven rental. It's a Carmichael bend. Don't ask me why they call it Carmichael because it's tall. It's super tall. It's 92 millimeters in height. That's a that's tall. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house, I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just 
I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, skosh. Skosh.com. Have you guys checked out bloodlubricants.com? If you haven't, bludlubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check the legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil did some temperature readings it was a little over 30 degrees cooler in my yz450f compared to some other oils i've been running so the stuff is good they sponsor over 250 racers from enduro enduro cross hair scrambles utvs supercross now they got some supercross guys so go check them out bloodlubricants.com use the discount code kefer and get some percentage off your oils they'll ship them to you probably get a hat or two you know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check him out, bloodlubricants.com. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6dhelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. 
It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 60 Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 60 Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 60. Screen printing done dot com. I hate it when they put sirens in commercials. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. I wish I had that shirt. Would cover my boy boobs nicely. Screenprintingdone.com. We make kick-ass t-shirts. Made with bits of real panther. We get it done. So you know it's good. Screenprintingdone.com. Screenprintingdone.com. So now you go to a pro taper Evo cross barless. No bar. Yeah. And you're telling me this thing flexes more than that 7 8 bar. Now, that's a debate because okay. I'm not saying it's I'm, flexing. Let's just go off a of feeling. I want you to I, go off feeling. I feel that that bar has it's got more comfort than the 971. Okay. Let me just add to this little twist here. Okay. okay? Paul says... Now, Husqvarna stock, Ben, is what you got. We're talking about Dean Wilson's current mechanic, right, Paul? Yep. Okay. Yep. So everybody knows. He's saying you have the Husqvarna stock, Ben, on the Cowie. It's a straight bend. Yeah. And he's telling me the straighter the bend, the less flex. Less flex. Which I, I, I that makes sense to me. It does I'm, make I'm sense. with that. I'll believe in the fake science with that. But the feeling that I get, no matter what, you're dealing with less material. And I feel like if you went down and pushed down on that, have you ever went down on the stand? Like your bike's on the stand, you have a seven eighths bar. Try to push. Push down on it. that thing flexes a lot. Do that same thing to a one and one eighths bar. Won't happen. It's not as much. It's right there. It's like if Jesus Christ <laughs> came to you <laughs> and says, "Hello, I'm right in front of you. Are you believing it?" And if it, it, he's saying he's Jesus, are you in? I mean, I'm gonna have to. Right. I'm watching the shit move, so I believe it. It's it's in front of my eyes. But just because it flexes more, does that translate into it feeling better because ah, it flexes more? Good. Very good. I like what doesn't. you thought. It's good. That doesn't – just like the dyno charts. You see a dyno yeah. chart, it says it's faster. That doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's faster. Good. I appreciate that. But, yes, when I ride, I feel like it is – it does flex more. Sometimes dynos are right. Sometimes your eyes are too. <laughs> okay, so we can let Chris ride these 971s all he wants. As long as it's not a 971 bend, I'll ride okay. the 7 8 bar. I'm but fine. on none of your bikes in the garage, Mr. Kiefer, do I see Correct. a Renthal crossbar 7 8 on there? No, you don't. But you now, what do you see? You see Pro Taper Fusion yeah. crossbar. Yeah. On you got like top secret shit that you don't even tell me about. Some shit going on in my garage that we can't talk I about. I know. But... So what he's saying, it, if you guys are even if you guys are tall, six foot, five seven, the tall bar thing, nine seven one Ben is not the way to go all the time. Like if you want to get your height, we explained this in the bar podcast. Get it through your mount. Um, I think someone, maybe Vital, put that up on their thing. Shocking that Vital would say that. Oh, it's so strange. God. Yeah, that wasn't me. I was PJ. If you guys heard that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, there's like some really um, uh, there's some similarities going yeah, on. Yeah, it's like like bleeding oh, a little bit across. Man. So he put some bars on, get a little bit more comfort. So now, here's the the magical question. Okay. This bike that you have in the garage right now. Yeah, it's here. Yep. Is that a better version than stock? Yes. So right now you would take that over a brand new stock. Hundred percent. Okay. So there you go. Not very many modifications, people, and it's better. Yep. I think you can get a huge improvement with just some springs and some valving and really dial that thing in. 100%. Um, moving on to the engine. Yeah. Because we're deep into this pod now. We haven't talked about the engine. We haven't done shit to it. Nothing. Okay. So it's stock. We are going to put a Yoshimura muffler on it. Yes. Thank you, Biggie. We're not going to go to Pro Circuit or FMF just because that's we've been doing that. We want to do something a little different. So Yoshimura. And I've had... Um, to kind of tie into that, I've had some really good luck with Yoshimura systems on other bikes. Not Quality of Yoshimura products is really good. Yeah, and I think they sound great. Mm-hmm. They're not overly barky and raspy like some of the, the competitors. Mm-hmm. And the performance is awesome. Maybe they, maybe it's just my style of riding. I don't know, but I've had good luck with Yosh. So we're going to try that. And I think we're go- we are going to get an FMF and a Pro Circuit. We're going to give you those two. Cool. And we're going to do like a three-muffler shootout. That'd be awesome. And then see what it works because um, a lot of muffler questions on that bike as well. So And it needs it, for God's sakes. The bike, and for the most part in stock trim, it's pretty good looking. Mm-hmm. Until you look at that bazooka hanging out the back. Like, that thing's ugly. Dude, it, that thing could drive in the carpool lane. Oh, my Because God. it's like a fucking Prius. It is. Like, hey, I'm low smog here. I got this fucking I'm, eight-foot I'm bazooka. You. Now, and surprisingly, the one thing I can't knock it for is that it still sounds okay. Right. It doesn't sound horrible. It doesn't sound like shit like it used to, yeah, right? Yeah, like the older model KX450s. Horrible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It still has a good note. I agree. I think it does have a looks good like sound. Looks like shit, but sounds Jesus, it looks ugly. Yeah, carpool life. That's Jesus. what that is. I call that the, the commuter muffler. What is that um, thing? You see Dominic going down the carpool lane on the 15, and he's the only guy on the bike. It's okay. It's legal. It's legal. Because it's I got low. The sticker. It's a low emissions muffler. I've got the DMV sticker. <laughs> <laughs> so... Where do you want – what do you want from this engine? Do you think it's the perfect engine? Do you like this engine? No. Tell us about it. No, what, what I do you think – I think the engine is great for an all-around style uh, of riding, no matter if it's mainly motocross or not. I think it could really uh, suit uh, many different disciplines and many different style of riders, depending on skill level, really well. It's free revving. It's easy to ride. The bike and stock trim doesn't want to yank or pull your arms out. It's like a really forgiving power plant. I want to say power band, but no. I think RPM is just very usable overall. Uh, let me before you continue. I, RPM response is real crisp. Yeah, like you instantly like think that. you have that fun feeling, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you gas it a little bit, right? So in the shootout, we rewind. It got high scores, and when we say the bike is racy, I think that's what you just described. It has that kind of crisp snappiness to it. It's responsive. It's lively. Um, it's really easy to get the bike up into the RPMs to get roaring. Like if you come out of a corner and whack it, it'll get up and go. But whack it's it. doing it in a different way. Right. It's not doing it in the four, the classic 450 rendition where it's like just gobs of power. It's not that type of motor. And on to add on to that, I think that that's where it's also lacking some. Because it's so easy and free revving, Mm-hmm. Sometimes I need some of that meat. Sometimes I want more of that grunt. Sometimes from the mid to top when I'm trying to get over a big jump, which oh, it doesn't happen all the time, but when I do need it, it doesn't have it. 
Right. So and I think Dom gets bike... very annoyed when I can jump something out of a corner and he has to ride it like a 250F. Yeah, exactly. And... It's exactly what it feels like sometimes. Right. So Chris pulled me around Milestone the other week and he pointed out a jump that I wasn't doing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's how you do it. So then I went for it, I went for it, I went for it, I went for it. And like my success was like 10%. And 90% it was just casing it like hard every right. time. Yeah. And there was nothing I could do to get more power out of the bike to get over it. Right. And you're on different brands. I won't name them. But you're just like yeah. right over it. Yeah. Same thing at uh, RIP Comp Edge. There's a big uh, kind of a triple step up in the back of the track. You kind of come out of a big sweeping corner. And I'm pretty much to the base wide open on the gas. And I can't get over it. Right. I did it on a Yamaha. I went right over it no, without even thinking. So and you are on a white coupler still? White coupler that's been with altered. Yes. So go to keyforingtesting.com. You can look at these maps. This is actually a little bit more of a linear map. So what we talked about with RPM response, which is fun, but again, we'll go back to the cornering balance, mm -hmm. uh, the cornering stability. It gives you a lot. It's so crisp and it's so touchy that it – really screws up my corners when I try to dive inside of a rut. It really, bah, it's too grabby. Yeah. So I tried to mellow that part out with this map, which is better. It is. And then you're supposed to climb better. So we're on even a little bit better of a climb mid to top end than stock. Now, there is a black coupler one that might pull you, which we do. You have the black coupler, right? I do, and I have the one that while doing 450 shootouts – Mr. Chavez from Kawasaki actually modified the black coupler there that day. So that might even help you a little bit more. So we're going to play with that. But again, the black and white coupler um, FI and ignition settings are up on keyforinktesting.com. You can get those if you have this, the Kawasaki tool to map it. You that need that. massive too. Yeah, and I think it's a few hundred bucks to buy. If you don't, get a buddy to buy it. Get it Split off the him. Cost, be whatever. that friend and be like, hey, bud, I need to get that. So <laughs> do that. Um, don't email me and say where it's at. It's there, okay? Please, please don't email me and say I can't find it. It's Chris at keyfringtesting.com. Testing tab. You know, oh, boom, testing tab. Click it, uh, motocross, and everything will pop up for you. Just scroll down. It's all there for it's you. There. It's all there. So you'll get a little bit more power out of that. So – Mapping is a key. If you feel like the cornering is a little bit touchy, there is some help for you guys out there. Um, go to that uh, map and it will help you. Detonation, you're good? Yeah. No detonation. Um, that's one of the things that I wanted to do with that map. I got a little bit of detonation stock that cleaned up all that. Yeah, um, it is. It's super clean. It runs very, very clean. Yes. And that's also what I like about it. Mm -hmm. I do enjoy that. I just want to have some more juice under me to get me over some sketchy stuff sometimes. Right. So hopefully we're going to try muffler first. Uh, we'll see what that does to the power. We'll try the black coupler and see what that does to the power. And then past that, um, maybe we'll try a piston. Yeah. We'll try to get a piston in there. And we've been doing a lot of ignition stuff. We've talked a lot about ignitions. I just did a podcast on ECUs. Um, you guys can check that out. But that is the brain of the motorcycle. You could really alter a motorcycle's character with an aftermarket ECU. The parameters that aftermarket ECUs have and the processors that they have built inside of those things is much wider and better than a stock one. Japanese are very strict with reliability. You're in a box, in that black box. That's okay? it. You're in that little box. 
you go into aftermarket ECU, you hit a little bit wider, the process is better, and you'll get some more throttle response, get some more connection, get some more power. At least that's what I feel with the past three or four bikes that I've been testing. So maybe we'll go there. Yeah, and you I, can also change and alter yourself, right? Yeah, you can go to the fuel trim. You can do that. Get is like the Yamaha power tuner where you can go buy a get. You can do everything on your phone. So if you have the patience and a little bit of knowledge, you can really improve your motorcycle. And even stock with the Kawasaki tool, you can improve it a little bit better too, but there's only so much you can do. Right. So with Dom's needs, he feels like he needs a little bit more. Hopefully we'll get some of that with the Yoshimir muffler. And to wrap it up. Yeah. Are we going with any wheels or are we just sticking stock? Stick stock. Yeah. Why not? How about the front stick that went through the front fender though? Sketchy. Right. And you know what went through my mind is that thing harpooned. So rewind to uh, we had a really good rain day up here in the Des. I don't know what, a month ago? Yeah. And we went out riding some sand tracks, doing some laps. And then I, being from Las Vegas, I'll always a desert goon at heart. And I love to go out and make little single track GP style stuff. Anyway, I'm banging through this little canyon. I crash into this burnt bush, like this burnt tree. And a stick literally harpooned like right through the fender. And I'm like, man, that could have been my neck. And I've been, and bye bye Dom. Yeah. But the, literally the stick went through the plastic people. And it was stuck. It was in went there. right, right up in it. It looked like a sword, like right. So we'll have to get a front fender, by the way. Yeah, that. Yeah, right. So front fender. Just note that need some uh, plastics. The yeah. chain guides. You know. Hey, let's talk about the chain guide. It's better. So, I've we've been how how many hours are we at twenty five. It's still on. Yeah, and it's still it's it's okay. It's Dude, not great. It's not new, but it's fine. Praise everyone. Praise Allah, man. Praise Kawasaki. Thank you, Kawasaki. I don't know who the fuck Allah is, but praise Kawasaki. <laughs> um, the, the last year's piece of shit. It was plastic. Like three hours in. Four hours, yeah. Three, four Out. hours, done. Out. Chain, You're on metal. chain slapping on the swing arm. Derail. 27 hours. 25? 25. 25 hours. Not only is it 25 hours, I got a call from Bowers Mechanic. He said the same thing. He's like, dude, so much better. He Unreal. owns a Kawasaki. So good on you, Cowie, for making some better parts. Yeah, they People did. always say, oh, Kawasaki is just cheap shit. The fasteners suck. Dude, stop listening to those people. The stuff's good. There's nothing wrong with the fasteners. Don't cross-thread like an idiot, and you're fine. Yeah. Like chain guy. real. Yeah, cross, you know, cross-threading, chain guy, chain um, – the rollers are better. Yep. Are the rollers still that that uh, knobby type of roller? Or is it a round roller now? I remember it's knobby, that. I think. Okay, it's knobby. Yeah. No problems. Everything lasts. Chain's pretty good. We still on the stock chain of sprockets? Ah, or are we well, moved? I don't know because I remember we dropped it off once for a refreshment. I don't know if I got a new chain or not. I don't think we did. No, you didn't. So I think so. While we're on that subject, let's talk about that a little bit. I do think the chain needs to go. The stock chain okay. will last you. It's okay. been twenty five hours. Okay, but it's time to go. So if I think 20 hours is maybe the threshold, depending on how you but ride. But that is not bad. It's not bad, man. I mean, well, come on. Who doesn't chain, change their chain and sprockets on a new bike and what have you to gear it and what ha stuff like that? And so, another thing I noticed that actually, and I'm going to give Kawasaki some credit, the fork seals on a Showa fork is so much better than a KYB fork. They last longer. Yeah. Um, I get leaky seals all the time on a, on a YZ. Um, every 10 hours or so, I'll have like a little seep. Um, these Showa fork seals are very good. They last. So 
Um, overall, the Kawasaki is a great bike. It does look a little tattered. Mine does look tired, man. Okay. Um, it doesn't hold up its look as much. And when, when they're new, they're sexy. They are good, yeah. Um, Good-looking machine. But they don't hold up as much as other bikes as far as looks. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So the green fades a little bit. And do not use simple green on your plastic people. That will really oxidize and fade your stuff. Yeah, it does. So use soft soap or something, you know. Um, but, yeah, so that was basically what we've done to the Kawasaki. I want to do a podcast for you guys out there just so you know what we've done and what has improved. So the bike has improved a little bit. Yep. Step by step. I know all you guys out there aren't made of money. Um, all of us in this room right I'm now aren't rich. Not. So we all understand, like, hey, sometimes you got to do in things in bits and pieces. You already spend 10 G on this sucker. So a little bit of suspension work, motor stock, um, some bars that air quotes flex more. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> and you, you got yourself a fun machine. So uh, stay tuned for, I guess I want to say stage two. Yeah, I think we'll do a stage two. And we'll uh, we'll come back at you and tell, us, and tell you guys out there what we've done. But in the meantime, hey, if you have any questions about a KX450, don't direct them to me now. Chris at Keith Ring Testing. Don't direct them to me now, people, because you know what? Dominic has an email, and it's Dominic at KeferingTesting.com, people. So Kawasaki emails, boom. D-O-M-I-N-I-C, Dominic. At, at KeferingTesting.com. There it is. So, hey, God, yeah. I, I can't wait. Delegation is what hey, you need to work on in 2019. Listen this is to the me. start of it. And make sure you get back to him. I, of course. I know you're busy down in your Huntington Beach. Or what beach are you at? Hermosa, Hermosa bro. Beach, playing volleyball with these six foot, <laughs> six yeah. foot blondes. You know, they're looking at me like this short ball guy rides dirt bikes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Dominant drives like a Chevy that's eight foot tall, like lifted. <laughs> Little guy syndrome. <laughs> I do not. I couldn't be further from that. Oh, uh, but uh, yeah, seriously, guys, if you guys have a questions about the bike, he's more than helpful. He will answer your questions, and uh, that's what we do here, people. I don't see you guys emailing Don Maida. Nope. Or Jody Weisel. They'll cool guy you. Hell no, Jody ain't going to answer you. He's going to look at you and be like, nope, get out of here. Next. Not us. We know. We understand. So get at us. This has been. Come on, Dom. This has been. The Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Kiefer Tested Pop. God. I need a cue card. Jeez, man. We the got PJ Rocky over Mountain. here. Anything you want to say, Peach? PJ's cool, man. You guys should meet PJ. Oh, he said a lot there. Uh, PJ's my buddy from way back. He shoots photos for us. If you see bomb-ass photos on keyfringtesting.com, that's that's Peach. If it's shitty photos, that's me. So you we're trying some to, people stepping up their game too, though. Yeah, we're trying to uh, get Aiden involved in, in some camera That'd work. That'd be a good idea. I got my 12-year-old a camera, so child labor laws don't Put exist around here. Work. We're going to go to work. High des life. Yep. So, all right, thanks for joining us. We'll be back. Shit, we'll be back tomorrow. 250 shootouts. Yeah, 250s. Excited. If I post this tonight, I think I will. Do it. All right. See you guys.